Salutations. Welcome to Spiritual Blitherings, Philosophical Ponderings, and Everything Ramblings at the Hopeful Humanist Cafe. This is a Just Some Guy production, and I'm that guy, your host, Steve, the Hopeful Humanist. Today, we're going to talk about ideas and flow, the good life, and resources for our spiritual toolbox. Specifically, I want to talk about getting right about being wrong, or getting good about being wrong. This is about being wrong, on being wrong. I recently feel that in terms of my understanding about something, I was wrong. And it made me start to think about my relationship with being wrong. You know, how would I grade myself at the ability to navigate being wrong. And I, and I think it's, it's an important thing to reflect on. I, I started this conversation a number of weeks ago, and I've had some really interesting and stimulating exchanges with different people. And, you know, th- there always seems to be a different starting point about how we manage and tackle this idea of being wrong. One person said, you know, even before we kind of started the conversation, and and I want to be clear, what I'm talking about is not necessarily when someone else comes up to us and says, hey, you're wrong. What I'm talking about would be the moment that you know, as we've had an exchange or an interaction, we kind of step back and we've got some space and we're reflecting and we think, you know what? I was wrong. Yeah, that, uh, that, that was not right. That wasn't correct. Uh, and, and then, you know, in terms of those moments when we when we recognize that we're wrong, there's a whole bunch of feelings that often come. When we're wrong, we often feel uh, perhaps embarrassment, perhaps shame, perhaps guilt. And when I was having this conversation with one uh, wonderful soul, uh, the person suggested that you know part of the problem, though, in terms of having a discussion about on being wrong and how to get good at uh, handling and navigating being wrong. Mentioned that there are times when people might be wrong, but they don't know that they're wrong. And so, you know, how, how, how do we navigate that? And I, I said, you know, that that's a good conversation. And I think, you know, um, just to kind of park that kind of question, that thought, uh, the one thing that we could say is if people are going through life and they're often wrong uh, and they're not able to figure out how to navigate being wrong, getting to a place of, you know, getting right with being wrong, it's going to impact their relationships. I have a sense that a person that's often wrong and doesn't figure out how to make amends, uh, that that person might end up being quite lonely. The additional thought was, you know, there, there could be points when people recognize they're wrong, but they refuse to accept responsibility for being wrong. 
So they're not they're not going to do anything in terms of making amends, trying to get right with the other person to reconnect. Uh, and that, once again, I mean, that is, I would think, uh, problematic in terms of, well, I would say an inner dissonance and an inner discord uh, that a person would have to kind of just carry with uh, oneself. And of course, then it would uh, impact the relationship that we have with someone else. So if we kind of just recognize that those are, you know, really important and interesting discussions about being wrong, that, you know, um, there, there, there are going to be some challenges if a person is wrong and they can't recognize that they're wrong, or if a person recognizes they're, gonna, they're wrong, but they don't acknowledge, right? So the, the recognizing versus the acknowledging. But I'm really interested in those moments where we step back and we discover that uh, we might be wrong about something. I think it's a really important discussion to explore with ourselves and perhaps with people that are important to us so that we can think about the relationships that we have so we can create happy, healthy, positive, constructive relationships with ourselves and with others. I think, you know, there are a whole bunch of other additional conversations that come out of this. And, you know, one of them would be, well, you know, what's the difference between being wrong and making a mistake? Are they synonyms for the same thing or are they different? For me, they feel different. Uh, but as I shared in many of my tip of the iceberg conversations, I do not have a monopoly on the truth. I just want to create some conversation so we can kind of think about some things that I think are really important. So we can have that discussion. Is there a difference between a mistake and being wrong? Uh, some people suggest that being wrong seems to have more of a moral aspect to it um, versus uh, making a mistake. Additionally, if you know, if if someone, if there is a difference between making a mistake and being wrong, and if someone makes a mistake and it doesn't have a moral aspect to it, and then someone you know discovers that oh. Uh, you know, the, the thing that a person shared or the thing that a person did uh, was a mistake. You know, how do we respond to a situation where, you know, someone's made a mistake and someone comes out and says, well, you're a liar. You know, we might find like this might be the response of a, of a child, uh, you know, of a, a parent. And, you know, the parent made a mistake. And then from the child's perspective is like the sense that um, there was a betrayal, that, that, that the parent lied about something. And so it feels like there are differences in terms of uh, making mistakes and being wrong. And in terms of being wrong, I would just like to say that I believe that there are two kind of uh, first initial processes that are at play. The number, the first uh, process would be kind of recognizing we're wrong, that inner, you know, realization that, oh, you know, like I am in error. Uh, you know, it could be a thought, you know, we had a certain thought, um, you know, so-and-so is not home at their usual time. Uh, and we're like, oh, they, they got into an accident and we have all these concerns, um, uh, only to discover that, you know, they went because in the morning there was a discussion about how, uh, there was no bread for some French toast. And so they went to the store after work, uh, to pick up some bread so that, 
uh, in the morning there would be an opportunity to have some French toast and right. So we're we're sometimes uh, thinking different things, and these thoughts that we have create feelings. And often, the thoughts that we have, like you know, I guess from one sense we could say they're wrong. Um, other times it might make more sense to say uh, it feels like uh, there's a mistake that's been made. But in terms of some of the thoughts that I want to offer, the, the first step would be, you know, recognizing that uh, an error had, you know, had been made, was made, uh, the, that we were wrong. And then, then I think after that, uh, there's the next part of that process in terms of us uh, reconnecting and making sure that we salvage those relationships that are important to us, where we acknowledge with the, the, the uh, person in question, and we're like, you know what? I, I, I've been thinking about it, and, and I've recognized I've made a mistake, and I just want to acknowledge that I, 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 wasn't, I wasn't correct. I wasn't, I wasn't right. I, I, I was wrong. This acknowledgement, I think, is important. Uh, because it, it demonstrates a, a willingness by a person to be vulnerable and to take ownership for the, their actions, for their thoughts. And, you know, when we communicate this, we're also sending that message that this relationship uh, is important to us. And in terms of that communication, I would think we'd want to make sure that we apologize. And, you know, we, we kind of correct um, the wrong. We make amends and that we create some space uh, to be gentle with ourselves and then try to learn and grow from the experience. So I, I just want to share uh, an instance when I was wrong um, and, and just kind of acknowledge through this process some of the things that uh, a person might feel. So first of all, I don't think people get excited about talking about an instance when they were wrong, but yet it seems to be something that is... Uh, a part of being human. And if a person is a perfectionist, it might be even more difficult to recognize and uh, to communicate uh, that recognition to acknowledge that, you know, I was wrong. And there might be different things that are happening that are helping us recognize something. Maybe we've noticed reactions from other people when we took a position, uh, when we made a call, uh, we, you know, behaved in a certain way. We did a certain thing. We chose a certain uh, direction. And then we, we we're kind of like noticing there's like some kind of physiological clues. And then maybe we decide to do a little bit of research, kind of just double check that the position we took or the thing that we did or the direction we went, you know, like, what was I, was I right? And then that might help us recognize something so that we can correct the situation. So uh, it was a number of weeks ago, and uh, it was during a uh, pickleball game. And I'm, I'm, I think I'm more or less new to pickleball. Uh, I guess, it, you know, it will be uh, this upcoming December, uh, I'll be able to say that I basically playing, I've been playing um, pickleball uh, for 10 months. And uh, basically, I'm playing pickleball once per week. And as always, you, you learn uh, the skills and you try to adjust from one setting to another setting. Over here uh, at this uh, 
church, this gym, they're playing uh, rally point, and then over here they're playing traditional uh, pickleball um, rules in terms of the point system. And I had this idea of the no volley zone, uh, the the kitchen. And I, you know, I remember when I've been been learning, uh, hearing about the importance of dinking uh, when you're in the kitchen, and that you can't go in the kitchen. Well, you can go in the kitchen anytime, but you can't, um, when you go in the kitchen, stand there and um, volley it if it doesn't bounce in the kitchen. That would be a, a violation. The other team would get the point. So my understanding was, you know, you can go in the kitchen if the ball bounces in the kitchen, but when you're returning it, I, I was always of the thinking that uh, you could only dink it back I didn't know that you could do uh, you know a slam um, if the ball had bounced high enough and during a game um, I said oh you know you don't get the point because uh, uh, you did a um, you slammed the shot uh, after it, it bounced in the kitchen you didn't dink it um, kind of like a drop shot and people were confused and they're like, well, what do you mean? Like you said, we can go in the kitchen. I'm like, yeah, yeah, you can go in the kitchen when it bounces in the kitchen. But in terms of your, your uh, return, it has to be a, like a drop shot. You can't, you can't slam it. And people were confused and I was not understanding the confusion. I'm like, well, I mean, we've been practicing dinking. Um, and the idea is when it's in the kitchen, we dink it. And so um, that, you know, wouldn't, wouldn't that explain um, why I'm sharing with you that the, the point doesn't count. And so the person was not awarded the point. Uh, there seemed to be some confusion, and that kind of got me curious. And, and so I started to look, and I was um, watching videos on YouTube. And then, then I discovered, while it's the no-volley zone, um, a volley uh, you know, simply refers to you, you can't hit it out of the air if you're in uh, the uh, kitchen, the no volley zone. Um, it has to, it, to hit it, uh, if you're in the kitchen, it has to bounce in the kitchen. But once it bounces in the kitchen, you can return the ball in whatever manner that you want. You can you could slam that thing and you're going to get the point. And I, I realized I, I had made an error. And, and I, I and I, I at this point I didn't think I was I had made a mistake. I think if I had only thought it in my head, um, and I had said, "Oh, I think um, that is not uh, a point because uh, you slammed it," um, but I had given the other team the point anyway, the benefit of the doubt, uh, then it would have been like I was mistaken in my thinking. Um, and you know we 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 played and then uh, the, the, we continued playing. The other person got the point, but I didn't do that. I was like, no, I um, I'm the one who's playing pickleball uh, quite regularly. Um, I'm continuing to learn and grow in my understanding of the different rules. Uh, there are a number of different rules. For instance, when you're playing pickleball, if the ball hits one of the court lines, as long as it hits the line, it's in. Uh, if the ball hits the net on a serve and passes over the kitchen, 
and goes into the you know the serving area um, the point counts if the ball on a serve hits the net goes over the net but then goes into the kitchen including the kitchen line then it's not a point it's the other team's point so I'm learning these things uh, in an unfolding uh, way over time and I realized I was wrong and that didn't make me feel good I, I was like you know what I, I made a I made a mistake in in my understanding of the rules I had asked a lot of questions I guess maybe when I asked questions I didn't ask them clearly enough and maybe the person who was answering my questions um, answer to the best of their ability and I was I was of the strong thinking uh, that the the ball when it goes in the kitchen when the pickleball is in the kitchen the no volley zone you cannot slam it it can only be a dink and that mistaken thought by deciding then that I would be able to make the decision and the other team was not awarded the point I thought reflecting after the fact I was wrong and I it was it was uncomfortable uh, I was disappointed in myself um, I thought uh, back to some of the in terms of pickleball etiquette at some point I would like to do um, actually as I'm as I'm talking right now I actually have a pickleball injury <laughs> um, a very recent injury but in, uh, in terms of pickleball etiquette, and as I was saying, I want to do a, uh, a, an episode on pickleball etiquette for recreational play. Um, if in doubt, you give the point to your opponent. It's that simple. If there's, if, if there's misunderstandings, if, if you know, uh, generally speaking, uh, you're just there for fun, it's not competitive, there's not a ref, then you just you give the the point to your opponent, and so I immediately found a need. Well, first of all, sitting and being wrong was really uncomfortable. So you know, I had this thought. Uh, this thought was incorrect. I had a thought error. It led me to making a decision. The decision impacted other people. Uh, it, it, it resulted in a little bit of tension in the moment. Some misunderstandings. And uh, so I, I wanted to kind of get right with being wrong. I wanted to get, you know, good at managing being wrong. And I, I found myself, first of all, just really interested in the whole idea of being wrong. And I was thinking about, you know, what, what do I expect from other people when I'm wrong? And therefore, how should I conduct myself when... I find myself uh, in a situation where someone else was wrong and they're, they're um, approaching and confiding in me about, about this. So how, how well do I do at being wrong? I wonder how well other people think that they're doing about being wrong. Uh, and then all those other questions, well, when it comes to leadership, you know, at your work, your CEO or your, your supervisor or your manager. Um, in terms of, you know, in, in Canada, our premier 
uh, in terms of the provinces or in terms of uh, our prime minister? Um, what is it that we expect from them when they recognize that they're wrong? Right. And so, once again, I haven't completely defined it, but the difference between, you know, it's not just a mistake, but somehow what's unfolding is this experience of someone realizing they're being wrong. And I think if someone becomes aware that another person has done something and, and the other person doesn't recognize they're wrong, um, that that could really create uh, concerns in, in terms of a person's um, willing to uh, trust uh, leadership. And, and I think that, that trust is, is broken even more if the leadership, there becomes an awareness that the leadership, you know, recognize and acknowledge, but they recognize they're wrong, but they weren't going to acknowledge it. They're like, no, no, um, the, we, we can't uh, allow this, this image to uh, be a part of our, our leadership package, the, the idea that, you know, a mistake, uh, uh, a mistake was made and then a wrong was done because of that. You know, we, we're, we're just not going to acknowledge that. And I feel like that definitely um, is problematic. But what, what happens? What, what do we do when our leaders do recognize and acknowledge the wrong? So I guess that, that would be my question, you know, in terms of some of the thoughts that I, I, I'm trying to share today would be, you know, when you think about your ability to navigate being wrong, how do you do? How do you think you do um, in terms of being able to get good or get uh, get right with being wrong? Uh, what are some of the things that you, you notice uh, that you do in those instances? And I think that the one thing we, we would all agree is at a certain point, uh, this agreement that making mistakes and being wrong is a part of being human. But it's what we do about it. And if certain things take place, it allows us to be more comfortable with the relationships that we have with one another. If a person can recognize, acknowledge, and take ownership, you know, and, and that's demonstrated uh, in the communication of that acknowledgement and, and apologize and then correct and creating a space uh, for learning and growing, I, I think we could say, you know, we're doing pretty good at getting good at being wrong. There are things that inevitably uh, we can't escape when it comes to the human condition, and being wrong is, is a part of... Uh, that experience. And when we think about now those moments when someone else is wrong and they're sharing with us that they were wrong, I think we also need to think about are we treating people in the way that we would like to be treated when we ourselves are wrong and we're kind of putting ourselves in that vulnerable position and saying, uh, I need to take ownership and I got to make things right. Um, 
I think the one thing that we wouldn't want, we wouldn't want someone saying, told you so. I don't know if that would be helpful. I mean, I imagine there would be the impulse to say that, especially perhaps as a parent to it, to a child. But when someone's making themselves vulnerable, uh, and 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 it takes a lot of courage to do that. That I think compassion is uh, something that needs to kind of play itself in the process, especially if someone's opening up to the idea of like you know I. I need to I need to learn and grow and um, I'm sorry. Uh, they've really created a space saying that this relationship is important. Um, I don't want to compromise it, and I want to make sure that I can do whatever it is that we can do to to reconnect. So when someone else is stands before us in that vulnerable place, I I think that you know while we wouldn't want someone to be telling us, oh I told you so. And we wouldn't want them then to hold it against us and then to revisit it as an example of perhaps like some kind of deep character flaw. That we would want to be maybe uh, generous and kind and loving and compassionate in that moment when someone's sharing with us and saying, you know what? Um, Thank you. Thank you because what you're doing right now is hard. Uh, it takes courage. And not only that, but I've been there too, because you know what? You're not alone because that's a part of being human. And these are opportunities for us to learn. These, when, when we make mistakes, these are opportunities for us to grow and to discover our fullest potential and move in a healthier direction because now we have a fuller understanding of the situation. So how do you think you do at being wrong? What, what kind of grade would you give yourself? Is there, is there a point recently when you found yourself noticing uh, a physiological discomfort? And then when you reflect, you're like, okay. Um, I think I was wrong. You know, this uh, discussion right now could possibly wake someone up to the reality that uh, there's some outstanding business that uh, a person has to address. I think sometimes, unfortunately, it's pretty easy to sweep these kind of things under the carpet and kind of just move on. But I always like to say that sometimes down the road when something uh, turns sour, if we look carefully, we'll see that there's perhaps an, an event A that uh, is, it, it, it took place, let's say, uh, weeks before or months before, and it was unresolved. Uh, it's like that pebble in the shoe that after a while it just blisters and it causes like an infection in our relationship with ourselves and with other people. I mean, so we're not expecting perfection from ourselves. We're wanting to give ourselves permission as um, Tal, uh, Tal Ben-Shahar. I'm, I'm thinking that his, that's his name. He was the Harvard professor 
who did a, a workshop on happiness, one of the most um, high attendance uh, courses that uh, was offered, Tal Ben-Shahar. And he, he talks about the importance in terms of positive psychology of giving ourselves permission to be human. So yeah, we're not going to be perfect. And if you do struggle with perfectionism, this becomes a really tall order um, because there's going to be a period where uh, someone's going to beat themselves up pretty good psychologically and emotionally. And so for us to figure out what tools we need to pick up and acknowledge, recognize and acknowledge and then go forward in terms of getting good with uh, managing being wrong. So thank you. Well, I, I guess I should just say that in terms of uh, my experience, the pickleball experience, uh, uh, I was fortunate that the, the people that uh, were involved in my being wrong and subjected to uh, my, my bad call were very uh, loving and forgiving. And uh, I, I genuinely think that there was this sense that, yeah, you know what? It happens. It happens to everyone. And uh, now we all know. Now, now we know so that when we're playing, going forward, uh, we can make the right call uh, because we collected the information and the information was shared. And so I did not get a told you so or what's wrong with you I, I got a I got grace um, and so that really made the whole experience a lot easier uh, and and I felt uh, I felt grateful so thank you for joining me for another tip of the iceberg conversation there's a whole bunch of threads different directions that this conversation can go in I, I uh, encourage you to pick up some of those threads. You know, what is the difference between right and being wrong? Uh, if uh, What is the difference between making a mistake and being wrong? Uh, if someone makes a mistake, are they a liar? Uh, what do we expect from our leaders today when they are wrong and they acknowledge they're wrong? And what do we do when we have the leaders of today that are at times wrong and they don't? recognize that they're wrong or even more so concerning when they recognize they're wrong but they refuse to acknowledge it because perhaps an election's coming close and uh, that just becomes too dangerous in terms of uh, political ends and political aims so again thank you for joining me for another tip of the iceberg conversation peace take care be well and share okay welcome to the bonus section of episode 82 we have a hodgepodge collection of thoughts First, from Danielson, we have a reciting of a poem by William Blake, an invitation to be mindful about the dangers of clinging and more or less opening up and being in the present. Additionally, we have some more thoughts about on being wrong for uh, Dawn. You can check out that episode about who's Dawn in the show notes. And lastly, some nuanced thoughts from Captain Jack about on being wrong. So thank you for joining me again at the Hopeful Humanist Cafe and uh, some additional material to kind of 
get the juices percolating. Peace, take care, be well and share. He who binds himself a joy does the winged life destroy. He who clings to life as it flies lives in eternity's sunrise. I love that. Okay, I just decided that I was going to add a little bit of a bonus feature section in terms of on being wrong. As I shared in previous episodes, I'm often thinking about uh, Dawn, a uh, composite kind of thought about the younger generations of today that will be soon taking the helm in you know 10 to 15 years or so. Or if not taking the helm, uh, joining the team and uh, eventually learning the different realities about the world of work, the world of life. And uh, at, at some point, uh, eventually then uh, graduating into leadership positions. And so how do we prepare Dawn? How do we prepare him, her, they for the future that they will eventually inherit. And I think in terms of talking about leadership, it's not something you want to introduce them to when they step into leadership roles. We want to teach about leadership way before that. And in terms of this discussion and thinking about Dawn and some of the additional thread-like conversations we might have in terms of being wrong, I wanted to link it specifically to the idea of thoughts that we have that then uh, we discover were uh, in error. And, uh, you know, what what's a possible valuable reflection that can come out of this, this realization that sometimes we have thoughts and the thoughts that we have um, are not always accurate. They're not always true. And so what, what do we do with that? So, for instance, uh, the invitation could be uh, to Dawn to say, you know, think about three times when you were wrong about something in terms of a thought that you had. So you may have thought that um, if someone was late uh, in terms of meeting uh, you for a movie night outing, uh, that they stood you up again, perhaps, like there's, there might have been a pattern and or that if someone is arriving late from home, uh, an example I gave in this podcast earlier in the discussion, um, that maybe something bad has happened. And what's interesting is what we often have thoughts and we put we give these thoughts a lot of weight. And we act as if uh, the thoughts are true and we act as if then that we need to do something about it. And they often result in feelings. And so, for instance, the idea that if someone's late, that uh, maybe they got into an accident um, and that, you know, we discover after the fact that they went and they, you know, picked up some some bread from the grocery store because we were uh, thinking about earlier, we'd been thinking about having French toast, but we couldn't. And so what happens often is, you know, we have this thought, it generates feelings, a person comes home. And then uh, we might be upset, angry. We're like, why didn't you call? You know, why are you late? Uh, and and the feelings that we have because of our thoughts, uh, other people 
we throw them at times at other people and they have to wear our feelings and it creates it can create a whole mood a whole temperature for the moment but if we recognize that sometimes okay i have you know if we recognize that often we have thoughts and that our thoughts in fact on a number of occasions maybe even often are not always correct when we find ourselves having a thought i think it's just a caution to recognize that thoughts come thoughts go um, that a thought is not necessarily true and a thought is not necessarily an impetus to actually behave in a certain way or move in a certain direction and so for having the thought i'd say to don like if you're having the thought oh so and so's late they must have got into an accident and you have all those feelings that come with it and when they walk through the door and you kind of throw that anxiety that you're uh, experiencing at them that perhaps what we might be able to do is when we're having a thought you know wreck you know it's kind of like the what if uh in terms of the uh, optimist version in terms of a previous podcast that I've had, that uh, instead of saying, well, you know, they're late, well, what if they got into an accident? Um, what if uh, they they uh, they ran out of gas? What if um, any of all those various what ifs? We could say, well, um, you know, what if everything's okay? What if uh, they're having a good conversation at work unexpectedly with a colleague? What if... Um, they just uh, got recognition for something that they did in terms of uh, an outstanding project. Um, what if uh, they're going to the store? Oh, you know, what if um, they're going to the store to pick up bread? Because this morning we had conversations about wanting a French toast, but we didn't have any bread. And then if we move in that direction and we kind of leave space for those kind of thoughts, then all of a sudden we have different feelings. And when they come through the door... Instead of throwing kind of our anxiety and anger at them, we would be a lot more open and welcoming. And if they said, oh, sorry, you know, I, I was running a little bit late, but I remembered we needed some bread. So I picked up some bread so we can have French toast. You'd go, oh, that's wonderful. That's incredible. Thank you. You're so thoughtful. It just leaves us moving in a complete different direction because we left space for more than one thought. So I think the... The educational opportunity here would be that, yeah, we do have thoughts and thoughts kind of, they, they in a sense, arise. And that just because a thought arises uh, doesn't mean it's true and doesn't mean it's a impetus to actually do something and act in a certain way and move in a certain direction. And we can kind of step back. And uh, I've done some previous discussions. I've talked about ACT, acceptance and commitment therapy. And one of the things that we can do to defuse from a thought that we've fused with, or another way of saying that, that we've over-identified with, would be to do the, it's, it's a stepped process where, you know, we're having a thought. I mean, what if um, they, they got in, what if they got into an accident? It could be. I'm having the thought, what if they got into the accident, into an accident, we kind of step back a little bit. And then we can go even further and we can say, so I, you know, I'm noticing, you know, that in, in um, acceptance and commitment therapy, there's this idea of mindfulness, being mindful and seeing um, self as context 
and not uh, self as this static, non-changing uh, thing, more uh, self as a process and noticing that in this moment, uh, I'm noticing I'm having the thought that um, so-and-so might have gotten to an accident. This is just one of many possible thoughts and I don't need to fuse with this thought and I just need to be aware that often I do have thoughts and the thoughts I have aren't always correct. So I need to be careful and slow down and kind of create space so that I don't jump to conclusions and cause unnecessary inward anxiety for me that then gets uh, thrust upon someone else uh, and that uh, someone else um, unfortunately ends up wearing my feelings. So uh, there you go, Don. Um, there's the thought about the dangers of over-identifying with our thoughts that might be wrong and just thinking about ways that we can diffuse from those thoughts to create space and recognize that it's important to recognize I'm not always right in terms of the things that I think. So thank you again. Peace. Take care. Be well and share. All right, Steve. I was thinking about <clears throat> being wrong. And you had asked about that as a theme, you know, of, of being wrong and what does it look like and all this kind of stuff. And I was thinking, and it had to do with uh, this morning when you were uh, I was talking about you were responding to my thing about predictions. And yeah, the other question I forgot about. But it dawned on me today. It's like, but there's different types of wrong, right? So you wouldn't be like something that we're talking about a prediction in the future. Everyone knows that it's conjecture, right? Educated guesses and all that kind of stuff. Predictions are about something that's going to happen in the future where, <clears throat> you know, things that uh, we can't, there, things could happen that we have no way of accounting for, right? So it is a wild card. So, you know, you wouldn't be like judgmental of somebody if their prediction was wrong necessarily, right? Um, knowing full well that nobody can predict the future 100%. Versus the kind of wrong where you're like, it's just a fact, right? Where you got the year wrong of something, right? Or, you know, the meeting's at 3 o'clock. No, it's at 2.30, right? You know, there's that kind of wrong where it's just a mistake. Then there's like morally wrong. So... And people often use these words incorrectly. So you hear this all the time about, you know, people in the news that, you know, embezzled money or did some shady shit. And then they get caught and they say, you know, hey, I, I admit I made a mistake. No, you didn't. That's a moral failing. You deliberately chose to do something and you're only pretending to be sorry because you're caught. A mistake is when you confuse 2.30 and 3 o'clock, right? Which is not the same as a mistake in trying to predict the future because it's not a mistake you're just doing your best for something that can't be predicted 100 percent right so i guess there's levels of what would you say culpability when it comes to being wrong right morally you know rationally future oriented right there's and we could still think surely there's other <clears throat> ways that we could find subgroups within each of these things right different kinds of mistakes like you know if you get the meeting wrong and you miss it well that's a big mistake right um you 
add up your checkbook wrong. How big of a mistake is that versus forgetting someone to give forgetting to give someone change if you work in retail, right, or something like this. Culpability and wrong, various levels.